You are listening to the Moss Sustainable Fashion Podcast, and I'm Veronica McAvey, the editor and founder of Moss Magazine, an online platform that you can trust will deliver to you high fashion, on-trend, sustainable and or ethical pieces. This is our brand new podcast where we will be interviewing a bunch of inspiring designers who have sustainable and or ethical brands, as well as a ton of other people involved in creating sustainable garments, fabrics, or alternatively participating in changing how we will inevitably continue to be involved with fashion. We have a lineup of scientists, university lecturers, influencers, as well as sustainable consultants, enlightening future designers or just lovers of sustainable fashion, of what one can do to set up a sustainable brand or how to change steps in a brand supply chain, as well as the main considerations for how to go about this. I'll also be updating you with sustainable fashion news going down in the world that might not have come across your radar. Welcome back, Moss listeners, to episode number three. I am aware of our mini unprompted hiatus, but we are back and we mean business. With 10 interviews all stocked up ready for your listening pleasure, I aim to round up season one with a stockade of pearls of wisdom to feast upon. I'm wondering what you've been up to these last few weeks. Have you taken it upon yourself to implement some waste-free living strategies? Perhaps you've changed your strategic direction for the brand to start with a sustainable footprint. Or maybe you've gone and saw some dope natural fibres for your next collection. Whatever it may be, we're so keen to hear about it, either on our web magazine, www.mossmagazine.com.au or Instagram, where you can find us at Moss Magazine Official. What's been happening in the sustainable fashion world, you ask? Well, here's a brief rundown. The Copenhagen Fashion Summit ran again last week for its 10th anniversary. There were many positive things to come out of this, namely Google partnering with Stella McCartney to measure the environmental impact of the fashion industry and the French President Emmanuel Macron who wanted to create an allegiance of CEOs and leaders that banded together to meet sustainability goals. On this note, it was starkly apparent that the fight to make the difference and to limit the temperature degree rise of the planet going beyond 1.5 degrees Celsius can only be achieved through collaboration. We cannot go through with this alone. And a prime example of this is Nike releasing its free manual for sustainable design to ensure the message of circularity is easily accessible for all designers in the industry. What also struck me is that more and more people are now taking action, such as organisations joining the Fashion Charter. It isn't just more and more fruitless talking that isn't travelling in a concise direction towards positive action. If only everyone was on the same page. We, and by we I mean brands and huge corporations, no longer have time to babble about all of the potential good strategies they could be taking for the planet's sake without actually acting upon them. With the fashion industry expected to grow by 80% by 2030, the need for sustainable practices is more prevalent than ever. The active and clear steps need to be put into place, but also implemented now and not tomorrow. I don't think that many people are that conscious of where their clothes are coming from. I hear lots of people saying, oh, I got this. $7 top from Kmart and how good that but do they think about who made that or who or where the fabric came from or the waste that was produced I think it's just the education and just to wear things more I think people wear things once and that's it basically. today I'll be interviewing Jodie Casatari women's wear designer at basic and a dear friend of mine Basic is such an iconic Australian brand that has notoriously been ahead of the pack in terms of sourcing interesting fabrics, most reputably their organic cotton tees and jersey range, which if you don't have one, you're missing out because it's a serious wardrobe staple. Fun fact, I actually worked for the brand myself for five years and loved every minute of my time there. Jodie has now been at the brand for seven years, starting as an intern and working her way up the ranks to now work alongside one of the brand's owners, Deborah Sams, and her team to design the women's wear range. Jodie is a creative soul who seeks pleasure in delicate, refined Japanese aesthetics and stationery, and is a believer that fashion designers of the future will have to be scientists as well as designers in order to innovate new fabrics and means of creating them. 
thinking just like the queen of sustainable fashion herself, Stella McCartney. We talk about using non-traditional fabrics in our garments, both as a means of recycling, promoting a circular economy, and as it can have a different wearability, as well as the characteristics of it to materials used in her past. Her creative inspirations and the future of fashion, including 3D printing, all stipulating from a deep-rooted road of self-education being the key driver in one's life. We also touch on how manufacturing clothes in Australia has also dissipated and how Basic aims to keep it in Australia. Through their clothes, Basic aims to empower the wearer and be integrated into their life with ease in any life scenario and hold sustainable and ethical manufacturing a core value in their business strategy with a sustainable department. So, let's crack on and hear from this vivacious soul. Jodie, thank you so much for joining us at Moss Sustainable Podcast. I'm so, so grateful that you've taken the time to speak to me. Thank you so much. Thanks for being oh, on the thanks show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so we usually just break up the podcast into a few different sections just so we really, truly get to know you inside and out. So what is one sustainable habit you have that packs a punch? Um, I mean, to be honest, I've always been pretty anti-plastic bags, especially the plastic bags around fruit. I don't know why, but it's always annoyed me as a little kid. So that's definitely a big one for me. Um, and we just got some metal straws at home. Great new little no plastic thing. Ooh, um, they're really cute too. They're awesome. Do they come in yeah. a cute carry pouch? Oh, they're so cute. Cute uh, little pouch. And the little brushes. The brushes yeah. get me. <laughs> yeah. Anything small miniature size. Yeah. 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 The no, they're really good. Yeah. Good on you. I love the little travel packs with like the oh. um, utensils and everything in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, great. Especially for a night out. If you want a drink, you can take your little straw. Oh my gosh, look at you. I'll, uh, I'll have That's a right. vod- right. vodka soda, hold the straw. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what is one sustainable fact that you learned that changed your psyche or inspired you to take action? Actually, something that I found out quite recently, um, probably within the last month or so, we were talking with um, people at work, actually, and we were talking about how so many people are discussing sustainability as a topic, but what actually is sustainable and what actually isn't. And we are talking about, um, you know, people that say they make, fabric or clothing out of plastic bottles and how they break them down and this lady was telling me how um, there's some companies that actually produce plastic bottles to then break them down to make clothes. I think that was something that really did trigger something in me and you know I think I guess we've always sort of thought about sustainable but definitely recently we've like I've really been very very conscious on is that really sustainable and looking you know into the depth of it where it really comes from and things like that because you know I think a lot of people do think they're doing a good thing but are they actually I don't know (laughs) yeah big time yeah I find it so fascinating how it can be made into a thread I was just then trying to do yoga because I remembered that I was I was wearing yoga pants made out of plastic bottles as well it's um by a brand called Tiki yeah. and they I was like yeah. how, how on earth do they turn it into a thread but it's insane yeah yeah I mean and it sounds so great right I, I know I bought a pair of tights same thing and then you know after hearing that I was like wow you know it really makes you think about all the steps involved involved exactly yeah Yes, yeah. Stella McCartney was saying that the fashion designers of the future will need to be scientists as well because um, she was working in a laboratory and they were trying to make thread out of carbon dioxide and I was like, that yeah, is right. insane. It's crazy, right? Yeah. But it's just so cool that you can be just actively passionate about finding new innovative ways to make materials and, and like they're probably more durable as well and like flexible yeah. and they have like different 
different ways that they flow as well. It might create a totally new silhouette in itself. Yeah, 100%. Like they're trying to um, do printed clothing, so there's absolutely no waste. Yeah. They print them from 3D printers. They can't get the fibres right yet, but I mean, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Can't yeah, we, can't yeah. wait to see what comes about. And we um, actually use a, a program that you don't have to make a 12. We do it all on the computer. So you save a sample around. You can see it on the body. It's a computer program that um, helps to it sort of it transfers the pattern onto a person so you can see how it drapes and there's a model that walks. So... Wow. You know, we cut down on waste by making one, you know, before, you know, you make a trial or whatever. Yeah, exactly. that first and get things right before you waste a sample. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, and it's crazy. That's it's so crazy. efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah all, all the paper wastage for all the pr- pattern cutting as well. And then you'd just be able to print it off straight away if it is effective yeah. and works. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Cool. Yeah. I'm blown away. That's cool. <laughs> Found out something new. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, what are you reading, watching, or listening to at the moment? Um, reading. Well, I've just started The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, um, the best. Great book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm listening. I listen to a couple of podcasts. Love a good podcast. Excellent. Um, the Super Soul Conversations. Oh, they're so powerful. They're so good. So powerful. It's like a um, meditative in itself. Oh, it is, 100%. I love listening to Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop podcast as well. Mm. Um, and also Oprah's Masterclass. It's empowering hearing her stories about where people come from and, you know, how they've achieved what they've achieved. Yeah, I'm really absolutely. Yeah. Love anything um, inspirational. I'm yeah. glad you're reading the yeah. power fam. We were just talking about that yeah. earlier. How I happened yeah. to highlight every single page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every page is like yeah. inspirational. Every sentence, I just feel like at every stop, I'm like, okay, that's a good one. I'll note that down. Oh, I'll apply it. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you can get very caught up in it. <laughs> I literally was. Yeah. I took it away by mistake to a like romantic holiday that I was going to with my partner to Switzerland and I don't think I surfaced up from that book the whole time he was like uh where are you this is so good it's powerful it's life-changing (laughs) (laughs) speaking of travel what might be at the top of your bucket list at the moment doesn't have to be travel but it is trouble, I think. Trouble. Just to travel more, yeah. See the world. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about going to Sardinia. Ooh. A couple of months. Just relax. See a bit more of Italy. Yeah. Get out to the snow. Be somewhere active. That's probably it, really. Yeah. That sounds Get out, awesome. see the world. Oh, Italy's so Be indoors less. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I saw a statistic recently saying that we should be working spending 80% of our work life outside. I was like, well, <laughs> I'd love to find a job with that is a requirement. That sounds lovely. It does, right? <laughs> <laughs> so outside. Design outside. Maybe in Sardinia. Let's just all pack up and go there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what is, I'm really interested to find this out. What is one outfit of your choice that you tend to gravitate towards or repeatedly offend? I've actually been so obsessed lately without the basic rib detail layering tank it's oh. the perfect tank yes yes <laughs> and i wear it with everything it really <laughs> does work oh it's great i can wear it with tailored pants with jeans with casual pants with my active wear the best <laughs> i live in it you can wear it to bed <laughs> yeah. it's too good to wear it to bed but i have it in every color <laughs> <laughs> I love those tees that are just so versatile. I, uh, I literally just thrash okay. mine. Yeah. They last forever. Mm-hmm. Like some like some of the basic tees I've had for about 10 years and they still look as good as day one and I literally yeah. pair them with everything. Like you said, with like a structured tailored pan or just with like just like a loose flow skirt. Just works with everything. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Denim shorts, old Levi's, best. Uh, How would you define yourself as a consumer? Um, I guess I'd hope to define myself as a thoughtful 
successful consumer. Mm. You know, I think I do feel like I really try to consider purchases, buy timeless things and things of value. Yeah, absolutely. You know, things that are important. We recently bought um, me and my sister a coffee machine. And it's sort of something, I don't know how to make coffee, but we taught ourselves. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you always can so easily stop and get a coffee in your takeaway cup. So, you know, let's get our own and be forced to have one at home or our keep cups and sort of take the time and stop instead of always being on the go. And, you know, it's like a grab and go thing, whereas this is, you know, Oh, stop take the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And your house smells amazing too from the, the aromas of the coffee beans in the morning. And that's my oh, favorite thing to wake up to. I really like that point that you made and mentioned about just taking the time. Like we do just rush around and well, Eckhart Tolle's got to you. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> so it's nice. It's nice, you know, before a busy day, you just stop and take the time to even make a coffee and walk out the door, you know? Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. What sustainable or ethically-minded brands are you digging at the moment? Um, I'm actually really obsessed with some stationary brands. I think, you know, I draw quite a bit, so it's yeah. something that I love to use and it's always at my fingertips. Um, there's this brand, Ito Bindery. It's this Japanese brand and mm-hmm. they make these sort of architectural minimal drawing pads um, out of recycled paper and they're beautiful and they look so nice and, you know, I think it's easy to always, especially at work, grab a post-it note and you write something quickly and chuck it in the bin but I think having something that's a bit more delicate and refined but also that's out of something recycled yeah. is a lot less waste. I've noticed. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. No, I'm yeah. so keen to check yeah. check this brand out. Yeah, I've never even heard about it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a Japanese brand. I'll send you a link. They're beautiful. Please do. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll add it to great. the show notes as well. But oh my gosh, yeah. I'm pumped. No, I I love beautiful stationery. It provides me with so much pleasure. So I'm sure. I'll be yeah, able to do it. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I also love um, there's this clay cup. I think it's called Clay Cups Australia, okay. and they do these little ceramic coffee cups. They have absolutely no plastic, and oh, they're amazing. these beautiful little cups, and I lost mine this week, and I was so devastated, and I found it today. Oh, what a week. <laughs> like, made my day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think those, a keep cup is something that everyone should have. and Yeah, big time. Just It's such a cute brand. You know, yeah, definitely. And especially if they're ceramic as well. Like, they'll you derive so much pleasure from it too yeah, by, by exactly. using it and you're doing good for the world. So, yeah. win-win. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. get a good yeah. cup. Yeah. And I think there's not many cup brands that don't have some bit of plastic. Yeah. So, that was quite cute. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I saw a meme yeah. the other day and they were like, yeah, saving the world with all of these disposable keep cups that are inevitably plastic so are we really saving the world or just yeah, adding to right. more plastic in the world <laughs> yeah it's the same with like you know the plastic bottles and the, the Woolworth plastic bags yeah like, exactly they can be reused quite a few times but at the end of the day they're still plastic so can we just and avoid using the them were, that were before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly finding an alternative and there are so many plant-based or natural resource alternatives available so it's just redirecting the attention elsewhere I guess second segment where it all began love to know your background so did you always wanted to be a designer pretty much I mean I think until uh, when I was about 11 I used to do gymnastics when I was little and I designed my first leotard and I loved it so much. (laughs) So yeah, pretty much since then, before that I wanted to join the circus, so you know, (laughs) bit of a (laughs) I had the desire as well, it was just the lines, I just love lines. It would have been fun though, right? We've still got time. Oh, big time. Oh, I yeah. blame Cirque du Soleil as well. That was amazing. Whatever they were oh. able to create. Yeah, 
incredible, right? I downloaded the forms once. My dad found them in my room and I got in so much trouble. Uh, <laughs> rebellious. I love it. I know. It's like, you're not running away to the circus. And I was like, why not? You can go in. That's fun. Yeah. The supportive mother. Excellent. That was the next question. She would have come with me. <laughs> did you ever make your lead art? I did. I did. I made them. Um, I made my own and I had my own Diamante gun and I used to make girls at, you know, at the club's leotards as well. Yeah, I guess that's where it all started. How awesome, designer and entrepreneur. I'm sure there's a market. Like there's a market yeah. for dog outfits, so come on. Totally. Well, my mum's been asking me that because she just got a brand new puppy. So, oh, <laughs> so she wants a new outfit, yeah. Does your family ask you to make clothes or is that just a one-off? My mum has a lot of animals. She owns a baby animal farm. Um, So she's asked me mainly to make her animal clothes. Hey, this makes sense. This is why you're always holding like the most beautiful baby animals in your photos. Yeah, they're really cute. Not sure about the outfit today. (laughs) A lot of them have wool on them already. They've got natural fibres. They're sorted. Yeah, you've got the best quality on them already, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a good segue into this. Um, did you grow yeah. up in a creative family? Or how did they help shape you as a designer? Um, my mum was actually an artist before she bought her baby animal farm. Mm. We pretty much grew up. She used to work for Disney and Hanna Barbera when they were um, based in Australia. So mm. we grew up in a, with a whole lot of Winnie the Two illustrations and the Flintstones and we just coloured them in oh all day long, I remember. We were never allowed to touch her good pencils, and, <sighs> you know, but we had the best time, yeah. So we were pretty creative as kids. We used to make mum and dad Christmas presents and I don't know, the things we used to make. It's pretty funny. Incredible. Yeah. To be a fly yeah, it, it sounds like a really fun. beautiful upbringing. We had good fun, that's for sure. Mum always pushed us to be creative and, you know, Dad always encouraged us to do everything, so we always had the support. Yeah, and then you went to White House Institute straight after high school? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Was that always your first choice? Or? At the time, I was pretty big on getting a degree, and in Sydney there wasn't really anywhere that offered a degree except for UTS. Mm. The UAI was like 99.9 that year. Okay, brainiacs only. Yeah. And White House always sort of seemed to give much more hands-on methods from what I had heard and it was. It seemed quite creative, so I, I really did want to go there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It turned out to be such a great place, so many opportunities. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- most yeah. of the di- designers that have come out there have held in such high esteem. You among yeah. them. So. Yeah. <sighs> held, <laughs> held in the elite category. <laughs> Was there a particular component of your degree that owned in on sustainability or inspired you to use sustainable luxury fabrics that you do? use um i remember i think it was in second year maybe we did do a sustainability project and we all had to come up with this label um our own label and present and you know a business model and on being sustainable and ethical so i think that definitely it gets you thinking you know we did learn a lot on manufacturing and being conscious about the waste and pollution that fashion kind of create especially fast fashion so Mm. I think you know definitely from there you know I made my eco label or whatever I called it (sighs) something with organic teas which ironically ends up then working at basic (laughs) 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 but um yeah I think that definitely did shape my yeah, that's fantastic I guess where I wanted to go yeah I wanted to work for someone who who was conscious of that yeah yeah sure. that's amazing yeah. yeah I guess that's yeah. the reason why I asked that question just because if, if whether or not the future designers are getting that education or that is yeah. a major component of their education so that it's it's plants the seeds and, you know, obviously it has done so for you so there would be some merit in having a major part of any design unit having a sustainability 
un- like I underlying think, component? Yeah, I think 100%. I think, you know, there's lots of people that do. And, I mean, I know from the people that were in my class at uni, you sort of go in with all these grand plans like you do in any uni course, I guess, and then when you do find out real-world things, especially in fast fashion, I think it really opens your eyes to, you know, the way you want to take your life, well, in anything, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, yeah, it was was definitely good. It was good, yeah. Good, yeah, cool. Mm. All right, shout out to all the uh, university lecturers. (laughs) Have more of sustainability. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, what you don't know, you don't know. So unless your eyes are open to it, you're not exposed to information. Yeah, it's all about the education on that front, I think. There's so many people that probably wouldn't even have a clue on what goes behind the things they're purchasing. So so the more education, the better, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking... Especially for the future designers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, yeah. as just a general consumer or purchaser, you, you're not quite aware of every single stage of production and, and the waste and um, as as well as, yeah, all, all of the samples that might have, have not come to fruition or, yeah, so yeah. just being able to understand that and the fabrics and, yeah, the whole entire process yeah. that it... It's taken just to, for that item to be in the store is, yeah, a long oh, journey. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we should appreciate it. One hundred percent. Definitely. <laughs> um, so speaking of education, you did complete an internship at Willow whilst you were studying. Um, started by Kit Willow, who's now branched yeah. into the sustainability company KitX. Um, how did this, did this experience shape the vision for your potential brand or what elements did you take away from that experience? I mean, I just, I I didn't actually, I didn't intend there for that long, but I think, you know, definitely just seeing the onshore sampling and the things they do there, you know, it's, I think it's really nice that that actually are quite a lot of Australian designers that are focused on sustainable fashion yeah. and, you know, I think, we're, you know, interning at a place like that, it you definitely sort of, yeah, it, it opens your eyes to the type of place that you want to work for. Um, my uncle also, exactly. he, worked, he worked there, which is why I interned there, um, and then he went on to romance was born but I think you know it's I sort of I guess I sort of had his input on he was always you know quality over quantity and you know being in the industry I guess he always shaped what views I had on it and yeah yeah definitely well wow what a powerful influence I've had in your life yeah. There you go. Not not just yeah. a creative artist for a mother who you also have an uncle who worked at Romances Born. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love how you just slid that in like it was a no biggie. Like, oh, yeah, you know, my uncle just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he told me not to get into fashion, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how happy I'd be with that. Uh, it's a bit like about seven years down the track, just designing yeah. away. Please, please don't. I'm so glad you didn't listen to that advice. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the old school ones that you know. Is I started at a tailor and he's been in the in the industry forever, so I don't know. I think he knows the, the whole sustainable thing quite well. <laughs> yeah, big time. Was that was yeah. that why he he's recommended for you not to go into it, or what was his reasoning behind it? I think he just knows. Yeah. There's a lot of hard work and it's not what I guess people think it is from the outside. As you said, there's a lot that goes into one product and one garment and especially when you're trying to do Australian manufacturing and keeping everything here and trying to be sustainable and ethical and you know, do things the right way, it's it's hard. 
and I think, you know, that was his main thing. Yeah. And like, he's been in the industry for that long and has seen, you know, the peaks where everyone made everything here and there was truckloads of, you know, jeans going to wash houses and things like that and now there's nothing. Yeah, so, there's not know. one denim label, I don't think, in Australia. That, a yeah. factory that makes denim needs to be all off. Yeah, and like knitwear you can't make here. You know, it's it's sad, but I guess that's how it is. Hey? Yeah, and that appreciation yeah. for quality, I think that's lacking, starting to lack as well for, well, actually, no, maybe not. I, It depends on the demographic, I think. And yeah, I think there's a small, right. smaller minority of people that really appreciate a fine quality piece, but also yeah. it's just the education of being able to identify it and identify the sewing and the manufacturing and how the garment's actually being constructed. I think a, a small minority of people are able to actually see Distinguish between yeah. a quality made piece and a not quality made piece. Maybe yeah, one hundred percent. I think that you're right. Like it's all about the education, though. I think if people knew, maybe they would. It would make them think about what they're purchasing. But I don't think many people know. Mm. And you know, and it's it's sad, but you know, I think if people realised what went into it, like you said especially keeping clothes made in Australia, it's so hard. So I think if people did know, they would probably appreciate that product so much more. Well, I'd hope so anyway. No, definitely. (laughs) If it is is of a high price point even as well, like there's a reasoning behind that. Like obviously some things are designer pieces, like higher brands, some of them aren't necessarily made that well even though they have a high price point but for the majority of things I think for Australian brands that are at a high price point there's a reasoning for it and most of the time it is because there's quality fabrics or there's a huge process that has been involved um yeah not to mean like yeah the fabric sourcing or the actual unique combination or yeah how it's like if it's been constructed in a different and unique way which is yeah what I yeah. love about it basic they always are yeah. quite like pioneering in terms of being innovative in how they're using the fabrics and putting it all together and having that unique yeah. silhouette too that is really versatile yeah yeah no they have a great philosophy definitely you know it's it's, it's, it's inspiring the way that you know Deb and Lowe want the company to be run and how they think about everyone especially you know the manufacturers here that's you know the main thing that they really want to push and the main story behind the label, I think, that they want to keep the work here and, you know, and tell that story, which is really nice and something quite rare as well. Yeah, definitely. There's so so much of, yeah, manufacturing is offshore now because just the labouring is much cheaper, which is understandable but then at the same time you just can't guarantee whether or not it's being made ethically so yeah yeah 100% yeah, yeah. and yeah it's, yeah it's nice to know the team face to face who you're working with and be able to have that ongoing dialogue with them and converse with them yeah well. yeah I mean like our makers they're our our friends we go to lunch with them every week and we go to their Christmas parties oh. and you know like <laughs> Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you'd want to be able to put a face yeah. on. And yeah. even if it was offshore, just to know the exact person who made it and that they had the same quality of life as what you're experiencing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Oh, I love it. Um, so when if you could give us any glimpses of things that consumers um would it readily be a cross um, that makes the brand extra special? What would they be? Like I p- personally love that, um, you know, I, like I said previously, they mentioned the quality fabrics and the really interesting silhouettes but that a time can be a little bit androgynous and just the versatility of every single range. Like every single one of my pieces I can integrate into like any season, any wardrobe, they can be super structured, but just as easily be teamed with sneakers and just, yeah, that multi-seasonal range, they're some of the pieces that I've never, ever thrown away because I just know that I'll be able to just incorporate into any look. 
that's good. great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that's what you know, Deb, who's the creative director for women's. That's really what she wants to create, and that's, I guess, what we collaborate together on doing. But you know, she always talks about how she wants to make a woman feel empowered in what they wear, but also, you know. They can go and pick their kids up from school. Like we're at the soccer on Saturday morning, you know. So yeah. I think I think that's what it's, it's you know those timeless pieces is what it's about. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. You'll be the most stylish mum on the soccer field and at oh school. God, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy a grease. Don't put a grease in the pants, but you can look at yeah. and appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, no, they're absolutely stunning, everything that you design and, and what Deb designs as well. And um, just the how you centre on just that high-quality construction and, yeah, the commitment yeah. to the sustainable manufacturing is really something to be proud of. Yeah. yeah, no, thanks. I mean, that's, yeah, we love, you know, I think it's the company is, it's a family and it's not just the people that work in the office or the people who work in the stores. It's everyone that we work with, you know, the guys at the wash house who wash our jersey T-shirts and, you know, all the makers and even the fabric suppliers from the very beginning, you know, we have such good relationships with everyone and it's about all of that, I think, you know, and everyone working together and being such a big family that makes that philosophy, you know, that's what makes it so successful. Yeah, absolutely. And special. Yeah, Yeah, everyone has a role to play and it wouldn't come about if everyone didn't, yeah contribute yeah. their own special skill 100 percent. yeah yeah oh the magic that's yeah. so nice <laughs> so we're up to our third segment which is the call um just yeah. kind of where you are now i guess um, yep. What is the thought process that you embark upon when you design an item? Does the design come first or is it the material that's available or do you have to see the fabric swatches before you design something? Or It's generally the fabric first, but it just really depends on what season we're working on and, you know, each season needs different things. But, I mean, De- Deb's the creative director, so everything. The direction comes from her, and I guess yeah. it, it, it then it sort of ends up being like those timeless pieces. And for some reason, it always ends up being pants that come out first. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't feel so bad. Literally, every time I go to a store, I have the ideology I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a dress, I'm gonna get a skirt, and I walk up walk out with pants and I love all my pants bits but for some reason they're just what I gravitate towards so I'm glad I'm not the only one <laughs> yeah <no. laughs> we love some pants yeah it's <laughs> good yeah oh. something Im- really empowering about wearing pants well like well-fitting pants it looks great yeah 100% and pants with a t-shirt best oh, best. heels yeah. sneakers yeah well yeah who am I kidding? Sneakers. <laughs> Definitely sneakers all the way. Sneakers always. Slides, yeah. Yeah, slides, comfort. Comfort plus in Australia. We are... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> comfort plus, okay. Always, always. Um, yeah. What other things do inspire you in just in general when you're drawing or designing? Is it like... I guess, I don't know, a bit of everything, really, I think. You know, we travel, so we see a lot. Mm. I guess, you know, being comfortable and just what I want to wear. I think that's the main thing, you know. Deb always says that it's always about those missing pieces in the wardrobe that we always want to fill. Yeah, exactly, Mm. So I think it's that, and I mean that's also what we do start with. Um, you know, that's how we tackle a collection sometimes, and go, okay, 
what are we what are we missing out of all these pants we've done? What are we missing? Or what T-shirt do we need? So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. No, yeah. definitely. All yeah. the things that bring you joy. <sighs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing. Um, we t- touched on before about how you you might minimise um, dead stock or waste in the company um, and you talked about the technological advancements that you have in place. Yeah. Are there any other um, ways yeah, that you might minimise waste? Yeah, we have quite a few actually. Um, so all the, the like excess fabric from our jersey t-shirts or um, as you might have seen, we just did our warehouse sale and yeah. um, we encourage people to bring their old clothing or old basic clothing and we cut them into rags for um, like mechanics and um stuffing for boxing bags and for carpet underlay. So any offcuts we have for our jersey T-shirts, that's all where it goes. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we try to be quite mindful where we can. We, you know, try to use excess stock where we can. We also make to order, so trying to minimise waste, I guess, without ordering too much fabric, over-ordering fabric. We just order what we what you need. need. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess that yeah. comes with being an established business. You would have such a thorough database that you know what styles work, so therefore it's just easy to be able to order what you need. Yeah, just... yeah, 100%. And, you know, I mean, there's always bits and pieces that are excess and we yeah, um, have a sort of like a ring of fabrics that we always go to and, you know, uh, what, um, can we put a dress in this fabric that will work in the range? So using fabrics where we can in future ranges to minimise that stock, excess stock as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like what we were saying before, that it doesn't need to necessarily, not all companies need to be 100% sustainable, like that would be ideal and that would be living in a bit of a euphoric world. But yeah. um, even if it's yeah. just implementing a few of those strategies or a few things. I think so. Just little things where you can and, you know, there's definitely things over the years that we've implemented as you grow, you sort of realise more and more ways that you can improve on things. So, yeah, yeah, you know, like that, like, you know, even our sampling fabric, that can, you know, you can easily over-order sometimes or pick something that might not be right, but it might be right for two seasons down the track. So we just hold on to it and then go, oh, that's perfect for, you know, free collection instead of... Burning it and incinerating it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That's amazing it's that you hold not on not forgetting it. about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it is still a value. It still has been made. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, even just to have that ideology of yeah, being able to save it and keep it and, and, and know that it's, yeah, it's still can be made into something that's not now. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and not making something for the sake of making it either, like if, if it exactly. wasn't right. Don't, yeah, don't force it, but I think don't give up on it either. Mm. Yeah, don't call it waste. When it might not be. No, absolutely. It just needs some time, sometimes. <laughs> some time to age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm full of goes. <laughs> so, what do you think pers- personally would be the challenges for starting a sustainable label? Why do you think it might be really hard to have an entirely ethical or sustainable brand from your personal experiences? Um, well, I guess. As we sort of just said, it's, there's, a, there's a lot more that goes into being a sustainable company than I think a lot of people think. Um, you have to be very thoughtful about what you do and there's a lot that goes into it, you know, and exactly. I think it's very easy to um, create things, but are you creating them in the right way and yeah, I think it's a very thoughtful process to be sustainable. But if you have the education, I think mm. 
I think, like you said, you know, like it, it's it's like anything, right? Trying to get people to bring their bag to the shops instead of yeah. taking home it's a, a decision. A plastic bag, yeah, yeah. A conscious decision. A co- exactly, mm. yeah. And being conscious when you're trying to be creative at the same time, I think it can be difficult, but as long as you're educated and, you know, thinking about it, I think there are little steps that you can do, you know, whether it's buying a sustainable fabric or, you know. Yeah, exactly. The way that you're looking at your waist or things like that, you know, any little thing helps, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of companies, like what you mentioned before, um, might be daunted by the price of a sustainable fabric. But then quite frequently when you lower other parts of the brand, it actually yeah. might be cost effective or there might be a lower cost. Like if you use dead stock, for example, or the recycled fabrics or, um, yeah, there's just different ways of cutting out or eliminating or the effective ca- pattern cutting you might you know, invest in the technology, but then at the end of the day, you won't be waste, wasting the fabric or... Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just about, yeah, like you said before, educating people from the beginning. Because, mm. I mean, I wouldn't have known any of this stuff unless you sort of start working for a label and learning how things are done in the real world. Mm, being proactive and, about yeah and then I think you know working with a company or with other designers in Australia who do have that you know sustainable approach in mind you you do pick up on things and then you also learn how you can do things better or make suggestions in your own way but yeah yeah just having that open mindset and being, and being I able, think mm, yeah yeah and just the education from the beginning, I think, yeah. Yeah, big time. Oh, I love that. I love your philosophy. <laughs> You're inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> um, did you ever want to branch out and start your label? Or your own label? Um, I mean, I think everyone does when they first go to fashion college, don't mm. they? And you have these big grand plans. But, yeah, I mean, never, not really. I mean, I think... I guess once you find your home. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've definitely found my place and I've been given some amazing opportunities and I'm learning so much and I feel like it's, you know, I started as an intern at Basic and now the opportunities I've been given, it's sort of like, it doesn't feel like it's going to end here. I feel like we've still got a big journey together. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's all been yeah. your endless hard work as well. It's not just opportunities to you. Definitely oh. talent. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you are you are exceptionally talented and your your vision oh. and yeah, well well no, deserved think, whatever's know, come your way. Oh, thanks. No, it starts from you know the philosophy that that, you know, people put on you as well. I think, you know, Deb and Lou have definitely inspired me to have that philosophy and to have, to be conscious about how you reduce things and even how we sample things and, you know, Mm. everything. It's a big thing at the company, you know. Everything, you know, we're trying to go paper-free, which is pretty hard when you draw on paper every day. Yes. But, you know, stuff like that, you know. We've got a compost bin at work and, you know. so That's it's, great. It's, like, it's, it's nice that everyone is on board. Sort of has the same vision, yeah. Yeah. And I think you don't get, like, I mean, I think I always sort of felt like I had it a little bit in me that always wanted you know, to follow that sustainable route. But I think it's all about where you work as well and the people around you and their vision and philosophy that makes your yours grow even more. Yeah. So, and especially yeah. if it, it sounds like you kind of have connected energies or ideologies anyway. So, you know, that's much easier to manifest and do those small changes and adjustments anyway if you're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah, no, great. Cool. We're up to the last stage. 
the future. <laughs> future. Um, so what do you believe um, personally will bring the huge systemic change needed in the fashion industry? Um, does it lie with consumers, governments, big corporations? Um, or what kind of education do you think is fundamental? Like we spoke before about um, just the necessity or how sad it might be that a lot of things have been removed from Australia. Like there's no denim factories that manufacture denim and or there's no wool in Australia. Like all of that has been shifted and moved out. Like what do you think might change to bring it back into Australia or bring that appreciation in? I think it's all about education. I mean, I think it's about everyone hearing about it not just people who are interested in fashion that you know like look look at health like so many people now are so much more active and more conscious about what they're eating and organic foods and things like that and what did that come from like that cowspiracy documentary and Mm. things like that you know I think I think that fashion is getting there um but I think that's what it's about, you know. I don't think that many people are that conscious of where their clothes are coming from. I mean, I know I, I hear lots of people saying, oh, I got this you know, $7 top from Kmart and how good's that? But do they think about who made that or who, or where the fabric came from or the waste that was produced? I yeah. think it's, I think it's just the education and... Absolutely. Or why is it seven dollars? Yeah. How did it come to be to be produced totally. at that price point? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's not just fashion. I think there's you know electronics and everything, but I think you know fashion yeah. is such a big. It's got such a high. There's such a high wastage. That, you know, and it produces so much waste. The fashion industry and. I think that it's it's all about the consumer, really, because there's still that demand for that product, especially with online stores and everything's about cheap and buy now and even on sale. Mm. Everyone wants everything on sale these days. So, you know, I think that if people were more conscious or just knew. I think people just don't know. I think people in fashion know. Yes. Or people who are surrounded by fashion or in but, that community. But I think, you know, do the wider public know? And I think that people might care more if they did know. Yeah, I, I think so. Because similar to conspiracy, yeah. it's interesting that you, you mentioned that. But um, it food is something that is, affects everyone. We all need food. And, and whether you're involved in high fashion or not everyone needs fashion to some degree it does connect absolutely everybody everyone has to wear clothes. 100 percent. and you know like you heard about what was it was it shop or was it one of those online retailers that stopped selling um animal products yeah recently but you know i mean that's great but also what about the what about the sustainable side of it you know animal products are natural but what about yeah the vegan derivatives as well so many companies are like oh we're vegan we're 100 percent vegan to have that slogan but then the amount of harsh chemicals involved in producing a vegan item it's like well it's it's great that it's vegan and an animal hasn't been touched in its process but then at the same time it's so harmful to the environment Uh that Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is it, it good? Is that the right thing to do? You know, should they be pushing? I mean, yeah, I agree. The vegan thing is great, and it's great that no animals are harmed. But yeah, what about the environment? Why? Why? Why don't they push that side as well? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, can they return? Can people send back an item with a? product of purchase you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an interesting approach. And I think, you know, people were so vocal on that point that, that it they, they pushed companies to, you know, stop selling leather or but nobody mentioned anything about sustainable clothes or about the number of 
fast fashion goods that are on those websites. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you, especially with the yeah. sheer amount of volume that's been purchased. It's just yeah. that, that mindless purchasing to fulfill some kind of psychological psychological yeah. void or whatnot, but just yeah. just to yeah. be able to slow down and purchase something that you truly love and enjoy and, yeah. and can foresee yeah. that being in your life for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, look, there's always going to be that fast fashion consumer. It's the way of the future, right? Like hmm. the, the way technology is changing and everything's getting quicker, you want things sooner and sooner, right? But, you know, maybe it's about people knowing what's behind those things to push those fast fashion companies to be more sustainable. Like look at Muji, they're, they're a big company, but, I mean, they try and be sustainable in minimal yeah. design and, not needing, you know, not having too many products and things like that, but they're still a big company. So yeah. maybe that's maybe that's where people need to go. Yeah, definitely yeah. makes shifts yeah. and adjustments and have yeah. big companies that are setting the yeah setting the scene yeah. and paving the way for how it could be, not necessarily how it is now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, amazing. What do you hope or envision the fashion industry will look like in 2050? Um, I guess, you know, just like we said, I guess, you know, I hope that there's more considered purchasing, more timeless pieces, less product and, you know, it's just product overload. People purchase so much and wear things once, I hope, you know. Mm. People do try and hold on to things, but I mean, we can help that. We can hope that, and you know, hopefully, there is that shift to more sustainable products. And yeah, I almost look like look, look at the at shopping because most people are, are involved in fast fashion and and how. Yeah wanting something straight away and it's become like a form of entertainment. I almost think that Literally. it could be like, you know, going to the art gallery. Like most people only have time to go to the art gallery like once a month, if that, and like yeah. going and looking at beautiful pieces and then hopefully wanting to acquire something. Like that yeah. that could be sweet, just being able to see something, truly appreciate it, look at it it's at all its of its facets and then be able to yeah. be like, hey, I'd, I'd like to – I have the opportunity to have this in my life. Yeah, that'd be nice. Or even just to wear things more. I think people wear things once and that's it these days, right? Oh, I know. Yes. Outfit repeat over and over and over again. Wear it, love it. And if it's made well, it'll look the same as the first time you wore it. It will last forever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. But then I guess you can't really put a lot of pressure on other people as well that like on a who are from a lower socioeconomic background that can't necessarily afford high pieces like I, I do think that it's, it's hard to place a lot of pressure on that that yeah branch of people yeah. but at the same time it, it doesn't necessarily mean like op shops are still available and like I love yeah. going to op shops and there's some beautiful finds that you can find there too so it's not necessarily yeah. like eliminating that demographic altogether yeah, and I think, you know, there's always going to be people that aren't that into fashion, you know, and do just want to go and, I mean, you've got to wear clothes, so they've got to buy from somewhere. But I think, you know, hopefully in the future it will be more about those fast fashion, bigger stores that can have some sort of sustainable aspect to them instead of just piling out clothes and the people that I guess don't it doesn't necessarily bother them too much mm. where things come from hopefully you know they are purchasing something that is manufactured better like reducing reducing the waste and the pollution yeah from the industry definitely you know? or even yeah. for the government to have some kind of regulation as to what can be produced yeah it, definitely. It well I mean the... bring more stuff on shore that would be good because then at least you can you know where it's made. of a high caliber, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, yeah. Jody, I can't begin to thank you for coming onto the podcast. That was so amazing. Like I mentioned before, I think you're so incredibly talented in how you're creating these items of luxury and they're just so unique and timeless and just, yeah, your own particular mindset to inspire future and existing brands but also future consumers um, just to think a little bit differently about their production and their ethical obligation and um, what their vision is to entail so I really really truly um, wish you all the best for your career at basic and just everything in your personal life so thank you Aww, thank you thanks so much for having me oh. that was an inspiring chat that was an inspiring chat <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to our tidbits. I hope we were able to inspire you somehow. Please don't forget to leave us a comment and a five-star review in iTunes so that we can continue to climb the charts and be seen by more and more people who can make a change. This podcast is made entirely for you. So if you have something you want to say, hear or know about, tell us more and get in touch with us via Instagram, Moss Magazine Official, our online platform, mossmagazine.com.au or at mossfashionmagazine at gmail.com. All right, speak soon.